0: Hi there, and welcome to the Simply Living for Him podcast. I'm Karen DeBuse from Simply Living for Him. Thank you for joining me for another episode of the Simply Living for Him podcast. On this podcast, I talk about all things simple, whether it's life out here in our little hobby farm, how I keep things simple in my homeschool, but you'll always just hear a lot about Jesus because I truly do believe that the remedy for clutter and chaos in our world is Jesus. Jesus. The more we desire Him, the less we naturally desire the things of this world, and the easier it will be to simplify our lives. So thank you for joining me today. Today's episode is going to be a little different. I'm going to cover a bunch of topics in one episode. A lot of times people send me in questions, um, and I don't always have a chance to answer every email, although I do try. Sometimes I realize they get buried, so if you are one of those people out there who has emailed me, please email me again if I don't answer you, because I hate to not answer your question, but I do try to get to them right away. But sometimes I find that I'm asked a lot of the same questions over and over, so I thought I would address them here. I was also looking for some podcast ideas recently and had some questions submitted As well to that. So, I thought today I would just do something fun and tackle kind of a whole bunch of different topics in one. So, before we get started, I wanted to thank our podcast sponsor, Apologia. Apologia is an amazing Christian publishing company. We have been using their resources in our homeschool for many years, pretty much our entire homeschooling journey, and we have used everything from their science courses to writing courses um, to their health and nutrition course, so please check them out at Apologia.com. So like I said, today we're going to start talking about a bunch of different topics. Um, You know, like I said, I wanted to answer some questions that I've been asked many times over the years. So one thing I do have to say before I start is, I know I probably talked about it last week a little bit on the podcast about how we were dealing with sickness in our home. And quite honestly, it was four weeks of sickness, all different sicknesses. I don't know if it was, I'm still trying to decide if it was one sickness that was just really bad and lasted a really long time and sort of developed into different symptoms every week, or if we were just hit with like, Two or three different illnesses because it was just that crazy, but we're finally out of the mess of sickness right now. Um, I'm 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 like terrified to say that because <laughs> I don't want to jinx it, which I know is you know not the case. I don't believe in that stuff. But what I'm saying is, I felt like every time I thought we were getting better then somebody else would get sick or new symptoms would develop or whatever. So it was a rough, rough month, not only physically um, with our kids being sick. And then actually I was sick and Steve was sick. um, But for me, and I, I posted about this this week on Facebook because I truly know that I need to do this, even though I don't always want to. Uh, For me, it was very difficult um, this month spiritually and emotionally, and so I do want to share that with you all out there because I believe in being 100% real and transparent, and especially as somebody who tries to encourage others and I point others to God. That's basically my entire purpose of this ministry, if you haven't figured it out by now, is simply to point you to Jesus in everything, Um, but I also realized that you some somebody out there might think i have it all together and i need you to know that i don't <laughs> this month was very difficult for me um you know because probably that was the catalyst was everybody being sick you know of course that was that took its toll on me because like i said it went it, it was this crazy sickness where you know one would be sick then they would get better then another one would get sick then they would start to get better than the first one that was getting better would get sick again and it just, it involved, you know, emergency room visits and chest x-rays and, um, you know, some scary stuff. So, um, for me, obviously there was the normal fear and worry and exhaustion that comes with taking care of a sick family, especially when fevers are spiking, you know, for nights, three, four nights in a row at 3am. Um, so, you know, there's that normal kind of, um, hard time that comes, but I also started to go downhill a lot, um, with my worry. And I've talked about that before many times, how I have, um, struggled with the sin and I'll call it out as what it is of worry. Um, you know, where I go from being concerned mom about my kids to being obsessively worried. And so I struggled with that. And then from there, I kind of really was sinking into like a despair last week, just feeling like I couldn't get out of this, um, hard place that every day there was something new I had to worry about. That's what I told Steve. I was saying, you know, as soon as I get rid of one thing, it's like something else would pop up that needed my attention. And, and it just seemed like every day, even aside from the health stuff, there were things to deal with that weren't easy. And so I just want to be real and honest with you. I was really struggling this month um, and really having a hard time keeping my eyes on Jesus. And for somebody who is out there, you know, trying to encourage others to do that, I feel I need to tell you when I struggle, because I don't want to be anything but honest. And, um, I would never want to portray that I have this thing all together. I certainly don't. So I also believe that women should come alongside each other and walk alongside each other and, you know, bear each other's burdens, encourage each other when need be. And part of that is, you know, we have to be real. There is not one single person out there that's a human being that does not struggle. I don't care, you know, who you are. Every single person has these times. So it was a real struggle. But I do want to say that... um I believe I've, I've kind of turned the corner, and um, I really last night kind of had an amazing conversation, let's put it with, at like that, with God, and got my eyes back where they need to be on Him, and uh, I just have felt today like, you know, things have turned the corner, and um, I've got my eyes fixed on Him again, and I realized that um, it was a struggle, but God can use that struggle for me to grow closer to Him and to learn, and so that's where we're at. So it's been a rough week, but um, a week, four weeks, month, but we are hopefully going to be a little bit healthier now. And, uh, we are going to be, you know, kind of getting out of this, this rough patch that we were in. And it was funny. I was talking to a friend last night and you guys know about the goats. We got goats back in the beginning of the month. And I think I podcasted back then. I know I was posting all over my Instagram. I was so excited about the goats and I was feeling like on top of the world at the beginning of the month. I was like, telling Steve, I remember when we got the goats, this is what, you know, this is like our dream. We're living the dream. We have the animals and I'm so excited. And just seeing, you know, my son and my, all my sons come together to, to build the barn, to get it ready for the goats. And, and just, you know, I was like, we're living the dream, our simple life that we've wanted. And I had so much peace. And it was like in one day, It just all went downhill, like things just changed. And it's crazy how life does that, right? We go through these ebbs and flows. And so um, I'm trying to get back to that place where I felt the beginning of the month on top of the world and at peace. But the truth is, no matter what the circumstances are around me, Jesus is the same. So it doesn't matter if kids are sick, we've got goats, things are good, things are bad. I know that Jesus is the same. And so even though the circumstances are swirling around me, I have to keep my eyes fixed on him to get through the circumstances. So anyway, let's get to the questions. Let's get to some of these questions that I wanted to talk about on the podcast this week um, that I've been asked, you know, several times or, you know, I, I get asked these things kind of often. Somebody asked me recently how we handle our kids and chores and so I may have addressed this before on the podcast but specifically I wanted to take time to answer that question how we do handle chores at our house now Right now, I mean, and things, it's hard to say because like things change, right, over the years from when you have real little ones to now. So let me actually go back in time and start with the little ones and how we have evolved chores over the years. Um, We don't do an allowance or reward system, just I'll say that up front. We don't. I mean, you live here, you do chores, and our kids are provided plenty and... uh, (laughs) Um, you know, I don't have anything against allowance or rewards, but we just never did that, um, consistently, you know, sometimes we will have extra jobs and I'll say, you know what, I'll pay you guys if you'll do like the worst job, like clean up my car or something, you know what I mean? Um, I'll offer the kids some money for doing something or whatever. Or, um, my husband has in the past, um, given the boys money when they've done the lawn because that's like, you know, a couple hours job of they, we have two tractors. So they'll do like one will do one part of the property while the other does the other. So, but normally they just do that. I mean, um, so we have paid them for things in the past, but it's not an allowance or anything like that. Um, so chores when the kids were younger were, I remember Grace was dusting. That was her job. The boys have always done the dishwasher. For as long as I can remember, they emptied the dishwasher. The three of the boys do that job. Um, I do the vacuuming and cleaning the bathrooms because those are just things that (laughs) I feel I need to do. They all do their laundry. They have done their laundry for many years. I'm trying to think at the youngest age we started laundry. Um definitely by 12 like right now my son Ethan he's turning 10 in 8 days and uh or 8 days from when i'm recording this and um he has just started to do his own laundry um but he still you know requires a little bit of help or he'll ask sometimes you know about how to use the machine or this or that but the teenagers They are totally in charge of their laundry. They do their laundry. My one son is so good about his laundry. I mean, he has, you know, we're not big on, like, tons of clothes. You know, part of being clutter-free and and living simple is you just don't, like, need a ton of clothes, especially teenage boys. They want to wear sweats and T-shirts or basketball shorts and T-shirts during the summer. You know, nicer clothes for Sunday, which literally is often the same outfit every Sunday for the boys. Like, they really don't care. Um, as long as it's like a nice shirt and nice pants, often it can be the same thing. Like, they'll wear their summer outfit, their summer nice outfit, their fall nice outfit, their winter nice outfit. You know, sometimes they change it up, but quite often it's the same. Um, so, you know, my one son is really good about his laundry he wears his outfits he gets to the end of the uh the what's the word i'm trying to think the um he gets to the end of the road there for the outfits i don't know when he runs out he does his laundry and that's it you know he has his set of pajamas he's really good about doing his laundry um but we do keep clothes simple you know just to keep that aside there that is something we definitely um the kids do not have like they they have very simple wardrobes Um, and it wasn't always that way when they were younger, especially, we got a lot of hand-me-downs and the closets always seemed to be overflowing. And what I noticed was they would wear literally the same five outfits. So I started over the years, just looking at their clothes and saying, these are the things that they will wear. And, you know, we'll keep a few other things like aside or, you know, folded on a shelf or something like that. Um, and they will have that there as an option, but these are the things that they wear most often, and we'll just cycle through them, and those are the things that get hung up in the closet. And you know what? Another way we keep it simple and clutter-free, No, nobody has dressers. We don't have dressers. Everything gets hung up in the closet, and actually our house is kind of a weird setup upstairs, and some of the closets don't even have hanging up things. They're just all shelves, and so they do have things folded on those shelves. Um, but Steve and I, we don't have a dresser. We each have our own closet. I have little bins where we keep like our under things that you would normally fold and put in a a dresser. Um, but those are in the closet in a bin and same with the kids. They have closets and no dressers and that helps keep things clutter free. But anyway, back to chores. So they do their laundry. They put their laundry away. I mean, how much easier can my life be, right? (laughs) Even though I still feel like there's always laundry that is a huge help. If you're a mama out there who is still doing your kids' laundry, I would encourage you to let them do it. Um, as young as, like I said, my 10-year-old is just starting now to do his on his own, but I would think by 12, and and I'm not putting an age on there that I, have, I am not an expert. I'm just saying this is my experience. You may have a total different experience, but definitely by teenage years, I mean, you want them to learn to do their laundry so that they um, can do... That one day when they're on their own, definitely a life skill. So, from the younger years, you know, with the laundry before they could actually do their laundry, I would do the kids' laundry and then they would help fold and put away. And then, when they are old enough to understand, you wear an outfit, you put it in the basket. When you start running out of outfits, you go and do your laundry. And, you know, it's as simple as that. It doesn't have to be very complicated. And then, like I said, as far as other chores in the house, um, the garbage, that kind of thing, the boys do that. The outdoor chores, the boys do a lot of outdoor chores. They do the lawn, um, like I said, which we have about three acres and a lot, a lot of grass. It's Some of it is woods, but a lot of it is grass. And so we have um two tractors and you know in the summer that's their job that they they do that once a week um they also take care of the animals i used to do the chickens in the morning if you guys remember last winter i was always posting on instagram in the morning when i would go out there at my chickens and my ducks and um i don't do that anymore i send them out every morning they um you know feed the goats give them water let the chickens out give them their food and water And, um, I still do the cleaning of the chicken coop. I don't like that job one bit. Um, Steve does it sometimes. Uh, I don't, I don't have the boys do that one. I mean, they could, but it's just gross, but they do a lot of stuff out there. Um, you know, um, all the outdoor stuff. So kids and chores, you know, age-appropriate chores as they get older. I mean, I don't have a big chore system as it is. I think I've talked about this before. I don't have this, like, major chore system, you know? Like, I don't follow these fly lady or these different things. I basically just clean as I go. And I, I learned this from my mom growing up. She is a really good cleaner. I am not. By nature, I am not, like good at like a cleaning system or anything like that. But my mom always just cleaned every morning. She gets up early and she does her cleaning for the day. And, you know, when you use the bathroom, you clean it. Like she didn't have like a day where she cleaned the bathroom or a day where she did like, you know, whatever, this big cleaning. It was just go every day as you know, you just do it as you go. So I do that with the bathrooms. I wipe them down in the morning after I shower. So there's not like this big day of cleaning the bathroom. It's just everything gets wiped down in the morning. Um, very easy to do. And I use water and vinegar for a lot of cleaning, or I use Lysol wipes in the bathroom. Um, very simple for most of my kitchen cleaning and everything like that, vinegar and water. We have a vinyl floor in the kitchen, which is heavenly to me. I could care less if it's not like fancy wood floor or tile floor, ceramic or whatever. It looks pretty and it is so easy to clean. It's no maintenance. I wipe it with vinegar and water pretty much as needed. Um, And then especially in the summer when we're in and out a lot, um, then I will, you know, do more of like a deeper clean on it. Um, But basically... I clean it as needed. I wipe it down. Now, there's a large space of it. So um, sometimes if I have to do like a big cleaning of it, it takes a while. But I just get on my hands and knees with a rag and my vinegar and water and I wipe it down. Um, So no maintenance, no fuss works for me. And then what other chores do the kids do? I'm trying to think um, how we handle that. You know, like I said, age appropriate. Um, The big ones are the laundry, the dishes, you know, after dinner, Um, we, they, uh, we run the dishwasher probably twice a day, which I I don't like. I wish it was less, but it's usually twice a day and that is for them to, um, empty that and things like that. So, um, and then obviously taking care of their rooms, that's their responsibility. Um, they still do need reminding, you know, and that's okay. Uh, checking in, I try to check in on their rooms and say, you know, okay, Uh, It's time. (laughs) It's time to do a deep clean. So that is how we handle chores in our house. No big system, no fancy, nothing. We just kind of keep it clean as we go. um, Add chores in age appropriately, keeping the kids involved in the housework. It's not, um, it's like you live here. These are things you have to do. That's, that's it. Um, So anyway, that's how we handle chores. I'm, I'm probably leaving out a million of the chores that they do. Like I can't, think off the top of my head of how, who does what right now, but everyone is involved. I'll say that. And we don't have a reward system or an allowance, but like I said, they, when they were little, it was like, you want an allowance, I buy you food and you live here. (laughs) Now that my daughter drives and you know, some of them have phones and things like that. Well, really only she has a phone that um, requires service. Um, they do, uh, work my my two older kids work and so when she got her car this year it was um actually it was a gift from her grammy her grammy gave her her old car um but it was the understanding that you'll pay for the gas and the oil changes and the upkeep and things like that so um yeah so she has to work in order to pay for those things Okay, so somebody else asked me what Bible we use. I get asked this question a lot, and uh, this is probably one of the most asked questions I, I get over here. Um, because if you guys know, I also run the website Bible Based Homeschooling, and that's a place where I share resources for the homeschooling family that are Christian based. And I also have a free ebook over there about how we use the Bible as our main textbook. For one year in our homeschool, a couple, not a couple, about six or seven years ago now. We used the Bible as our main textbook. We didn't use any other curriculum, I will say, except for math. And it was an amazing year. So I have a whole free ebook. I'll actually link to that in the website for this podcast episode. Um, but, um, You know, people ask me a lot, what Bible did you use back then or what do you use now? Because as you guys know, Bible is very important in our family. We don't use it as our main textbook in school anymore, but we do have Bible time every night. Uh, Last year, we read through the entire Bible together as a family. It took two, a little over two years, but we read through the entire Bible. And since we have completed that, we still do our Bible time in the evening together as a family. And that changes Sometimes we read a passage, a verse of the day. Sometimes we watch a sermon. Um, It's always sort of different depending on where we're at. Sometimes we've been trying to lately kind of bring cultural discussions into our evening time and then, you know, sort of see what the Bible has to say about these issues. Um, So people ask me, well, what Bible do you use? And to be quite honest, we use different translations Um, We are not just a one translation strict family. We have Bibles in this house of uh, New King James Version, uh, ESV, NIV, NASB. Um, Actually, I even have an NLT. So we have many different ones, and some I prefer over others. But um, for different reasons, we use different ones. And I actually really enjoy having different versions to kind of, oh, well, what does this one say? You know, what word did this one use and comparing. And so um, I have a keyword study Bible. I have a life application study Bible. I love to read commentaries. I love to understand the meanings of the words in the different Bibles. So we do not stick to one um, translation. We use different translations just depending on what we are doing. And then, like I said, often to compare. So that's in my own study time. That's with the family. Um, we use different translations. So for everybody who has always asked me, what Bible do you use? Like I said, we we will vary very much on that. Um, so that's the answer to that question. Okay. Another question I get asked a lot is how did I begin blogging and how did I, you know, get into this world of writing and speaking? And really it's God, he's the one who got me here. And it's been, um, it's been a really cool journey. Cause I mean, whoever starts out saying I'm going to be a blogger and write and speak. I mean, I never even, the thoughts never even crossed my mind. In fact, when I started blogging, blogging wasn't even a thing, at least as far as I was concerned. I didn't like people back then, uh, I think we're over 10 years now that I've been doing this people back then. Um, it was more of like a hobby and and an online journal for me. And it was something that I was, I was actually really writing. Um, I started a blog I think it was our second year of homeschooling. And as many of you know, my family was very against me. My parents were very against me homeschooling. And it was a difficult topic for us to discuss back then because we couldn't really do it probably without arguing or me feeling like they were upset with me for my decision. So I started writing this blog to really just kind of um, journal what we were doing in our homeschool. And just sort of writing about what we were doing each day and taking pictures. And then I shared the link with my friends and family so that they could see what this homeschooling was all about. Because I think a lot of my friends and family didn't really understand what we were doing. And this was a non-confrontational way for me to sort of document what we were doing and, and share the links. And, you know, if they had questions, then maybe they could ask me about it, but it wasn't awkward, you know, to have a conversation about homeschooling. So that's really how the whole thing started. And God has um, just taken that journey from this little online journal so much further than I ever imagined. And so um, when I started doing that, I rediscovered the love I had for writing back in high school. That was really, you know, my mom says now looking back, she says, that's probably what you should have went to college for. And you know what? She's absolutely right. Um, I did have a love of writing back then, but I was also a little bit, not a little bit, I was a lot bit off course back in um, high school and college. And so my life had gone in many different directions and writing just had stopped altogether. And um, so when I started writing my blog, I started to remember how much I enjoyed writing. And so it just sort of snowballed. I started, um, writing for other homeschooling, um, blogs and actually started writing for other homeschooling magazines and, you know, just started to, uh, grow my own blog when, when people started reading it then that weren't just friends and family and it started to grow. And, um, before I knew it, I, I wrote this little ebook and that, was something i just was doing thinking no one will read it it was called simply homeschool having less clutter and more joy in your homeschool and people were reading it and i it's just crazy how the whole thing snowballed um and then i started speaking at at small local events about my Um, passion about keeping homeschool simple and about encouraging homeschooling families to seek Jesus first in their homeschools above everything else, and just sharing my story because I had a rough start to the homeschooling journey, but I realized when I had let God lead us in our homeschool journey that was the key. That was the answer. And uh, it wasn't about me. It was about him and him calling us to do this. And so I was sharing that passion, you know, little homeschooling groups that were local. And then um, my first larger homeschooling event was speaking at my state convention here in New Jersey. And uh, then from there, I just started speaking at other state conventions and then Teach Them diligently invited me to come speak. And I've been speaking for them for, I think, five years now. And um, then, as you all know, three years ago, I started running a retreat for women. And that was not just for homeschoolers, which was exciting. I was able to kind of branch out now. Of My ministry, not just to homeschooling families, but to all women, because all women need to hear this message about seeking Jesus first in everything we do and getting rid of all the clutter and the distractions in our lives. So that's how it all began. And that's like the long story short, which I know that was kind of long anyway, but it's been quite a journey. And so we'll see what God has in store for this ministry. You know, I I pray about it and I, I, I want to seek him and what are the next steps? How can I continue to grow and how can I share this message with others? And, you know, I just keep saying, whatever you have in store for me, Lord, I am ready and I am willing and you will make me able. So I am enjoyed now doing the podcast that also came from, you know, obviously the writing and Speaking, that was just another avenue to sort of reach more people in a different way. And I'm loving every week seeing that the podcast is being listened to more and more, uh, by more and more people each week. So it's all very exciting. I never imagined the doors that God would open simply because we decided to homeschool. I feel like our homeschooling journey birthed so much more, um, a ministry, you know, um, Uh, speaking ministry and and the podcast and writing and books. And it's just so much more than I ever imagined when I said yes and obeyed the calling of homeschooling. Um, So, okay, that is that question. Next question what are my routines? Now that's kind of a funny question for me because I am not a consistent person by nature. I am not good at keeping like the same routine every single day. I do have a podcast um, way back in the archives. I will link that as well about my simple routines, but I haven't listened to it lately. I think maybe I recorded it last year and who knows, I could have changed routines since then, (laughs) just being honest. But I know when I recorded it at the time, it would have been where I was at at that time. But you guys know there's different seasons in our lives, and it's okay to change up things depending on the season. My routines now that I have three teenagers that I'm homeschooling is completely different than my routine when I had, you know four little ones that I was homeschooling that were, you know, sixth grade and under or whatever, or, you know, even when I just had two little ones or whatever it was. So obviously routines change so much as your seasons change. But I will say that the mo- couple of things that I do maintain as constant, would be Bible time for myself in the morning. Now, I do not, and I've made this clear before, say that in the morning I have to study my Bible and have this big alone time with God where I'm like digging deep. But I do every single morning, the first thing I do before anything else is read God's Word, a chapter. And that is consistent for years now, and I can't imagine ever not doing that. That I must see God's word first in the morning before I see any other words. Before I even start to think too much, I need to hear what God has to say. Because my own thoughts will easily crowd out His truths. Checking emails or texts or Facebook or any of that first will easily crowd out what He needs to say to me first. I need to fill up on his truths before I can read anything else or really dive into the day. So the first thing I do every single morning is read um, God's word. And like I said, it doesn't have to be a big study time because people will tell me all the time, well, that's great, but I'm not a morning person. I can't, you know, study the Bible in the morning. I'm like, you don't need to study it. You just need to read it and communicate with the Lord first thing in the morning. And that will set you up for your day. So many people say to me, oh, but you know, I don't have time. I don't have time. And I'm busy at this season in my life. And I'm like, no, that is that is when you need to be in the word more than ever. When you are overwhelmed and busy, that is your you know, flag that you need, that's a red flag that you need to be in that word because that is what equips you to deal with the busy stuff, to deal with the hard stuff. Ask me how I know. I've tried to do it without him, you know, and we must fill up on his word first. So that, that routine would always stay constant. And the other thing would be in the evening, we do our family Bible time together. That is a pretty constant thing unless, you know, we're out of the house, you know, youth group night or you know, there's an occasion that we're we're out of the house, um, that would not then take place. But otherwise, we read our Bible together as a family. We have our Bible time every single night. um, And then We just spend a lot of family time together at night. We always do our Bible, and then we watch a show. We have Netflix or Hulu or whatever. We get into different shows. Right now, we're into the Brady Bunch. We watch every episode, like, over and over and over. And, uh... (laughs) We're in, we're in that mode, but, um, we do that together and we have our little snacks before bed and we always, you know, have a lot of fun time before bed. So those are the two like main constants I would say of our day. And then obviously we homeschool during the day. But our routines often change with the seasons of our life. Right now, our routine is like on a typical normal day would just be, like I said, we all have our alone time in the morning. Then we have our school time. We always take a break for lunch. We do some more schooling in the afternoon. My kids are independent now in their homeschooling. Most of them, the, the two oldest, do everything on their own. And then the other two, one is semi-independent. And I would actually say even the fourth grader is getting very independent. So um, they don't need me as much anymore. And so my routines have changed. I have more time during the day to do other things um, where I'm not as um, depended on by them. So routines definitely change. Um, But that's what it looks like for us on a typical day. And then, of course, you know, you throw in different days where you have a co-op day or this past month, forget routines. We had no routines, I felt like, because when everybody was sick and every week was something different, it was difficult. But if you have a basic skeleton, when life sort of gets crazy, you have some things that anchor you. And for for us, our skeleton, our anchor, is our Bible time. Bible time in the morning, when you wake up, You know, for me, that's what I do. And I've encouraged my kids, don't come out of that bed until you read the Bible, because I'm trying to have that instilled in them. And then our evening time together. Um, So it's good to have these constants. And for us, our constants are going to be our anchor. And that's that's the Bible. And that's Jesus. All right. One more question I'm going to um, answer on the podcast tonight. And then I think this will be fun to do again. So if you ever have questions, please send them in. You can message me on Facebook. You can email me at karen at com. You can uh, send me smoke signals, however you can find me out there and ask me your questions and I'll try to answer them on future episodes. Um, but one more question would be, people have always asked me kids in social media, how do we handle it? Whew, that's a loaded question, right? That's probably a whole question for another podcast, but, um, I will say that we allow, um, the older ones to have social media. Some of it, um, they are not allowed to have Snapchat, I don't know why. I know all the kids have it. For some reason, in my head, it was like I had heard bad things about it. And I was like, no, that's one thing you don't get. So we limit the amount of apps they can have. The main ones they have are Facebook. Well, only one of them has Facebook, my oldest. And then they, the older three have Instagram. And I obviously... Monitor all their posts and things like that. And we also have the rule that you don't own any of your electronics and they will be checked and they have been checked at any time. And you are not to delete histories, you are not to delete, you know, anything. We will come in and we are to check everything. So we have obviously, you know, had those conversations. I would say that no matter how careful you are, and I'm saying this as a parent. And as a friend to you out there, no matter how careful you think you are, no matter how many times you've had the discussions about internet safety, you need to be checking their stuff. I think because our kids might not be quite as street smart as other kids because we're just, you know, there's that sheltered thing, (laughs) we're just a little bit, you know, I, I'll i use the word not in a bad way, sheltered, um, you know, they need to, they need, you need to check, you never know what can happen, so we do um, have that rule, and it was funny, I just asked my son recently, he's going to be 16, and I said, do you want to get Facebook, he's like, no, What? I, why would I want that, I'm like, I don't know, because I almost feel like it's something you need, <laughs> I know that sounds terrible, but you know what I mean, like, when your circle of people, I mean, because we're friends with people from church or this and that, you know, you feel like, oh, well, maybe you just want to know, like, what's going on and, and, and you know, be a part of that. And he's like, Nah I don't need it. Um, but the other thing was, and I thought, and this is even more terrible, we don't have, like, regular TV, so we don't really ever watch the news. And so I... I'm always being very conscious lately to bring up different things that are going on in the world. And I've been really aware of this lately, how I have to engage with my children about um, current events because they're not exposed to it. They're not at school. They We don't have a newspaper. And they don't have, like, the TV news on. So unless we've talked about it, um, but actually that's what I was going to say. My daughter learns a lot from... Facebook. I know that sounds terrible, but, you know, learns a lot of um, current events from articles she sees floating around, stuff like that. And of course, I've explained to her that you check your sources and just because you read it doesn't make it true. And so any of that, but I also said to my son, maybe you should get on Facebook though, because a a lot of, you know, we don't realize there is good out there that um, comes from it, that they can just get information. And I know that there is Uh, information out there that's biased and you have to be careful, but it's just part of how we need to raise them now, I think, because I mean, just face it as adults, they will have social media. So I believe in starting, you know, social media under our watch so that when they are on their own, they have already experience with it, but experience with us like under our watch, like I said. So that's how we've handled that. That's how we have handled social media. Um, and so just those those two apps are what they have. Um, and, you know, as far as time limits and things like that, I have tried to make it like we don't do it during the day when we're doing school. Um, but I also know that as homeschoolers we have like time in the in the morning where they're in between subjects or they are outside and they check it and so I, I don't have these rules like, oh no, it's ten o'clock, you shouldn't be on it. I mean if they're if it's not distracting them from their school, I'm not super duper strict about the timing. Um In the past, I have said, like, oh, I I don't want any phones out till after 3 o'clock. But sometimes I know that's not realistic, you know. So, again, it's all under our watch so that we're training them so that when they are on their own, they can use it responsibly. They can uh, monitor their time and they can know what is appropriate and not appropriate. So I hope that answered some of your questions tonight. Um... I am excited to tell you guys one more thing before I go. Uh, January 11th and 12th, Simply Living for Him is hosting an event in Wilson, North Carolina. It's sort of like a mini retreat. I've done the Simply Living for Him retreats in the past. This is going to be a Friday evening event and a Saturday day event. It is at the Forest Hills Evangelical Presbyterian Church in Wilson, North Carolina. Right now, you can register go over to simplylivingforhim.com slash events And you will find all of the information. If you are in North Carolina, if you could share that event with your church groups or your Bible studies, this is not just for homeschoolers. It's for all women. I would appreciate that so much to get the word out. We would love to have as many women as possible come to this event so that we can share the message of Jesus living more simply, getting rid of distractions in this world that we live in. It's so noisy and there's so much stuff. Stuff, trying to get our attention, whether it's physical stuff or mental stuff. We want to seek Jesus above all the noise of this world. And that's what we will do at the North Carolina event. It's a Simply Living for Him Women's Gathering. So go over to the website. I will link that also in the webpage for this um, podcast episode and get your tickets now. There are early bird rates available for just $25 and that will include the Friday evening and Saturday day Simply Living for Him Women's Gathering. I hope to see you there. So I thank thank you again for listening in today for these questions. Send me in more questions for future episodes. And until the next time, I wish you blessings and joy.